from Portland, it's the Fox 12 Weather Podcast. Today, the guys take a look back at summer in Portland, Hurricane Laura, and look ahead to a hot first week of September. Plus, they'll have your cities of the week. Now, here they are, Brian McMillan, Mark Nelson, and Jeff Bordron. Hey everybody, welcome to the Fox 12 Weather Podcast. I'm meteorologist Brian McMillan, joined by meteorologist uh, Jeff Fordron and chief meteorologist Mark Nelson. Hey guys. Hello, hey, Brian. Hey. We are back for episode four, and uh, this is uh, a little bit of a break here uh, between episodes because, Mark, you and I were both on vacation. Where did you right. go? I headed out to uh, camping, actually. I like to go camping in the summertime, and we went to Diamond Lake down near Crater Lake for, I think, three days, and then Paulina Lake, which I hadn't been to since, gosh, 25 years ago, both pre-kids. And uh, camping was perfect sunshine, clear water. We have two paddle boards, so it was wonderful. What about you? Are you, are you relaxed? Are you feeling good? Yeah, but then I got back to work, and this kink in my neck is back. So <laughs> that's okay. You guys don't worry. You erased it that quick, right? There'll be a vacation just around the corner again, so I'll feel better <laughs> once more. I, I uh, was supposed to be in Hawaii. We had some friends that were going to renew their vows in Maui. So that's we right. were all set to go to Hawaii. Of course, you know, uh, several months ago, we realized that's not going to happen probably. So instead of Hawaii, we cleaned our d- garage to tropical music <laughs> while having Mai Tais. So it's kind of the same thing. Oh, that's yeah. different. <laughs> so, yeah, I got the whole garage cleaned out, sold a bunch of furniture, and now we can fit a car in there. So we felt like really nice. accomplished. Yeah. So what about the second car? The set, that's not going to happen, probably. <laughs> <laughs> of course. we Because you need a little bit of area for storage, you know, but uh, I don't know. I, I think s- someday, maybe way down the road, we get a three-car garage, so one of those stalls can be used for, uh, for, for storage. Yeah, are you able to fit all your cars in your garage, Mark? Uh, just recently, we finally cleared out. I had, like, an exercise system there, and I realized the one inside was fine, so we got rid of that on Craigslist. And, uh, yeah, we parked two cars inside, and the rule is nothing within that area. Nobody ever sits anything down in that area, even temporarily. It's like, it's, so that's the new rule. That's good. You need it up there, too, because you don't want to be uh, getting into your car in the middle of, you know, no. when there's ice and snow everywhere and all of that. That's good. What about you, Jeff? Jeff, you, uh, unfortunately, had to work a long stretch here, right? Well, it wasn't, was just, it wasn't just Mark and Brian taking vacation. I think Andy took a vacation as well. It was, uh, oh. yeah, I, got, I had a nice little stretch of days, I think a 10-day stretch. But you know what? Um, once you get into routine, it's okay. And the weather was pretty calm, pretty quiet. And I uh, got that window unit, that AC unit in the bedroom, so it helps you fall asleep nice. at night. Yeah, yeah, we're probably going to need it this week. And, and real quick, oh. I want to touch on Anne Campolongo, uh, one of our other meteorologists, was on last week. We asked her some questions. She told a story, Mark, about her house-sitting for you and checking on your uh, chickens. And she told us the story of Patch, the uh, little chicken, that you <laughs> forced her to grab an egg out from What's under. What's with that, Mark? Can, can you tell us your side of the story here, Mark? So mean. I just said um, you reach under the chicken and you grab the egg. Not to belabor this, of course. And, and apparently she was scared of that little chicken. The chicken is the size of a, um, oh, let's say a large pigeon. Um, and so, yeah, and I, I listened to your podcast. It was great. Yeah. I mean, uh, I am pacing outside scared of what the chief meteorologist might do if she doesn't get that egg out from under the chicken. But it was no big deal. And for the record, I don't think we've had anybody house sit for us since that time, so that's why we have not asked. It's, we would love to have Ann house sit. It's again. not that you haven't asked; it's that nobody wants to now because they heard the story. The scary chicken, yeah. <laughs> but everything's all good otherwise. All right, good. Well, let's get to our local headlines. 
The news headlines are next. Here's what's happening right now. All right, guys, we got some uh, local wildfires. More resources are heading to Lane County as new evacuation orders have been put into place there because of wildfires. Lane County Sheriff's Office says that several fires are burning near the community of Mapleton. They've had six helicopters and planes that are heading to that area, and uh, the fire's grown to 400 acres there. The big thing, though, is that there are uh, several homes under level three evacuations that get out now evacuation, and uh, dozens more under a level two evacuation, mean, meaning be ready. So we're starting to see these wildfires pop up, you guys. You know, yeah, you know. Go, go ahead, ahead Mark. Jeff. I was just going to mention, I think it was one episode one or episode two of our podcast, we were talking about the lack of wildfires out here. And yep. then within a week, things just exploded. And we've had, I think we've gone nine straight days now at PDX without rainfall. And you know, the farther south and east you're located, the drier it is. So it's just, it's a tough summer so far. And boy, the forecast, we'll get into that in a bit, but the forecast does not look good, Mark. Yeah, you know, the we are lucky with the fires. Right now, there are nine large fires, and the uh, Northwest Coordination Center considers a large fire 100 acres or more. There's only two in Washington, and they're kind of under control. I mean, they're not, like, raging out of control. And here in Oregon, at this moment, as of the last 24 hours, we've only had two, two, three, three fires now that are still continuing to grow significantly, like that White River fire over by mm-hmm. Maupin. That made quite a run on Saturday. But... Um, most of the fires actually are in pretty good shape. We're not seeing significant growth. So stay out of the forest if you, you know, no matches, no fireworks, all that stuff. And we don't see lightning coming up, which is good, I think. That, that is good. That White River fire has grown to more than 15,000 acres. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they're still trying to get containment on that one. So that, that's, a, that's a big one out there just west of Maupin. Now, our meteorological summer is over. That runs from June 1st to August 31st. That's the official NOAA summer, and it's based on weather in the uh, uh, three summer months, June, July, and August. The astronomical summer ends in a few weeks as fall takes over on September 22nd. But let's talk about the meteorological summer because that's what we do, guys. Mark, how was our summer in Portland? How did we do? I think when we look back, see if you guys agree, I think we'll look back and go, hmm. Did anything interesting happen that summer? You know, it was kind of quiet. It was it was not exceptionally warm, was not exceptionally cool, was not crazy wet, and was not crazy dry. In fact, I'm looking at the stats here. Remember, June was really wet. Mm-hmm. And then we got to the third week of June, the faucet shut off, and that was the beginning of our typical summer dry spell. Since that time, we've had less than a half inch of rain, which is not unusual. So if you look at the numbers... June was about a half a degree above average. July was one degree above average. And August, about two degrees above average. So uh, I think most interesting is, uh, yeah, it'll be another warm summer in the record books. A little warmer than average. But it's our eighth consecutive warm or hot summer. Some of those were record-setting summers. We haven't had a cool summer since 2012. What do you think of that? I remember that summer, by the way. That was like the summer that never came, it felt like. But, yeah, it, it, it feels like... Uh, this is kind of the new normal now. Um, we, we had a lot of 80-degree days this year. We had a, a, it felt like a, a decent amount of low 90s. But, you know, other than a f- few extremes, I thought this summer was pretty great. And I kind of liked having, uh, you know, the, the wetter, maybe cooler start there to summer and then, and then easing into things. That sure did yeah. slow the start of fire season. Uh, I think with the, the rain and then, then the first part of July was kind of cloudy-ish and a little cool. So... Like like uh, Jeff, just you just mentioned that um, fire season really didn't get going until mid-August. But um, yeah, I, I think it'll go down as an unremarkable summer. Let me tell you, 
I can't imagine how much complaining there's going to be because at some point, one of these summers coming up, we're going to have another cool and wet summer. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be brutal. People are going to be complaining. Well, and getting so and right. used to these warm, you know, warm and dry summers. Oh, yeah. This yeah. Is, it, the complaining, I can already start to hear it. <laughs> you know, with the complaining, though, we look south and I think it was a solid week or so, like 60 to 70% of California was covered by wildfire smoke. And that extended into, you know, parts of central and eastern Oregon. So with that complaining, I feel like a lot of our mindsets are going to be shifting to we're really lucky to live up in northwest Oregon and southwest Washington where that onshore flow keeps our air quality good. We can actually get outdoors and hike during the summertime. We don't have constant long-term heat um, and wildfire smoke. So, I mean, I don't know. That's just kind of my mindset. But I'm also from down south, so that's just kind of where my mind drifts to as well. As far as this summer goes, guys, what is something that stands out to you? I think to me – uh, are those two 100-degree days that we had in a row? And uh, that's kind of it. I remember the second time we were close. So we've mm-hmm. had one, two two hot periods. And uh, I guess now is a good time to segue into what we see coming up here for this first part of September, right? Yes, yes. Wow. I, I just Whoa. did the forecast here. Actually, I haven't put the numbers down, but um, it is amazing. Uh, by the time you hear this podcast, it will have already been a very warm day, Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, and I've never seen such a stretch of the fir- these first 10 days of September are going to be amazingly warm to hot. I mean, well, what's I, average for, for the first week of September, Mark? Upper 70s. Well, and I was looking, I, I was working the weekend and I was looking at this outlook and I was wondering what's the latest day that we've hit 100 or 100 plus degrees at PDX? September 5th, uh, I believe it was 19, let's see, 1944. We hit 101 degrees. Mark, Brian, I think we could actually see a later date that we post a 100-degree temperature. What are your thoughts? Okay, let's get into the weeds here, guys. This is for the real geeks. So we (laughs) use something. One thing we use for forecasting uh, future temps, not with models, but models put out temperatures at different levels of the atmosphere. And one that we use called 850 millibar temps, which is uh, 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 about 5,000 feet up. And we look at the temperatures in Celsius because in meteorology, except on TV, we typically talk Celsius. And it's consistently between 20 and 26 forecast from from the 1st of September at least through the 8th or 9th. I mean, pretty much all models are showing that. So, uh, and that's amazing. I've never seen it that warm, that consistently warm forecast in early September. So, um, I think through through this coming Saturday, I should say, we don't get really strong offshore flow, so 90 or so, I figure. But around Labor Day, Sunday and Labor Day, models are showing offshore flow in plus 26, Ooh, 24, oh plus 24 to plus 26. I think those are the days, Jeff, where we could hit 100 somewhere there. And that's so that around be- September 7th and beyond, September 7th, yes. 8th, 9th. So 6th, 7th, 8th, yep. Yeah, 6th, 7th, 8th, yeah. So I think this could be a record year for latest. I mean, I'm not going to say it. But Are you calling it now, Jeff? But could be. I all agree, I gotta Jeff. say, all I gotta go, say Jeffy, is, go. you guys have been kind of on your weekend or finishing up your vacations. I've been looking at these trends for several days now, and it hasn't moved much. That's both Euro and GFS, which is the American model, and you've got this first ridge and then a reamplification of the ridge, and that drifts over the West Coast. I mean, it just looks daunting for somebody that really dreads the heat in September. All right, so, Jeff's, Jeff's, Jeff's calling it, I think. I'm calling okay. it. I'm calling it. We could it. have our latest ever 100. So any day after Saturday that it hits 100 would be the latest on record. There we go. 
And right. one more, the hottest temperature recorded in the month of September for PDX was 105 degrees, and that was on September 2nd, 1988. So we'll see. We'll I remember see. that day. You know what I was doing that day? Here's a little story. We won't make this too long, but I was working at a cannery <laughs> up in Chehalis shoveling corn inside the cannery. Man, it was so hot. I remember you get a break every two hours, but boy, you know, this hot steaming corn that comes off the conveyor thing and you have to clean up after it. And yeah, it was really hot. That's crazy. I just oh, learned boy. something new about Mark. <laughs> there you yep. go. Shoveling corn and carrots. <laughs> All right, guys, let's get into our extreme weather. Extreme weather. The cleanup continues along the Gulf Coast after Hurricane Laura swept through, left behind a trail destruction across Louisiana and southeast Texas. At least 16 people have been killed in the storm. Uh, thousands remain in hotels waiting to return home. The tough part is here uh, dealing with a hurricane and the COVID-19 pandemic. Social distancing guidelines kept many evacuees from going to shelters, so they had to find other places to go or they just didn't leave altogether. Uh, officials say crews will have to work to rebuild hundreds of transmission towers and down power lines. 350,000 people are without power here as of uh, Monday. Many more are without essential services. This was a big one. It was really interesting to watch that system evolve over the Gulf of Mexico. Even though a lot of forecast models weren't showing it uh, rapidly intensifying, I feel like so many meteorologists knew that that potential was there with how warm the Gulf was, the ridge building overhead. Um, and then what was really interesting was the day of, I remember the National Weather Service office in Lake Charles evacuated and handed it off to NWS Brownsville. And then multiple news stations down in Lake Charles were also evacuating, including their broadcast meteorologists. And then I believe it was the NBC affiliate down there. They had their tower fall on their station and right into the studio. Um, so it, it, I think it said a lot about all the meteorologists evacuating that area, just telling you how extreme that system was. And um, it looked like the storm surge forecast that they were expecting 15 to 20 feet of storm surge. Um, I don't think that actually met what it, what it actually played out to be, but still a very powerful system. I think, Mark, do you know what the max winds were clocked at at some of the weather stations on that coast? On I thought the, the highest that I saw was – was it the 130 or 132 maybe, which makes you think. Um, now, of course, some weather stations go down, the power goes out, you know, they, yeah. or they're even ripped apart by that strength of wind. And I know in Lake Charles, I don't know if you just said that, Brian, but um, 127 might have been their peak wind or 130, which is amazing at a slightly inland location because, uh, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but hurricanes, um, those really strong winds, you know, if the hurricane center says, hey, this is 140 mile per hour wind with this system within like a mile or two just inland, the wind drops dramatically. It's really about over the open open ocean and right on the beaches. But still, Augusta 127, that's like Vista House in the wintertime across a city of 70,000 people. Sure, sure. Amazing. I'm seeing Augusta 132 there okay. out in Lake Charles. And just yeah. for reference, 150. I, I think they were estimating the winds, max wind speeds at 150 right offshore, 150 miles per hour, and that's roughly seven miles per hour away from a Category Five hurricane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this was a this was on the verge of becoming a Cat Five. Yeah, it was huge. Yeah, quite a doozy out there. All right, and uh, this is kind of a fun one because we don't get to talk about Alaska very often, but it is officially, Mark, you tweeted about this today. I did. The wettest summer on record in Ketchikan, Alaska as of this morning. Check this oh. out. The Ketchikan Airport measured 
47 inches of rain from June 1st to August 31st. And to put that in perspective, we just had uh, about uh, under four inches in Portland this summer. And the average for the entire <laughs> year here in Portland is about 36 inches. So 47 oh. inches this year beats the old record of 44.2 set back in uh, 2017. And the forecast for today, which is uh, we're recording this on Monday, the last day of August, more rain. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> Guys, well, with my little uh, phone here, I just divided that by three to get the uh, monthly total. That's about 15.6 inches per month. That'd be like <sighs> way beyond what Portland typically gets in a, typically gets in a, a winter month. In the summer. What do you think the demand is like for vitamin D up there? Vitamin Ugh. E. Vitamin D. I get those mixed up. Pretty high. D, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it's high. It's pretty gloomy. We do have some viewers. I mean, Greg, one of our favorite viewers, he, he would love it up there, I think. <laughs> and this is like on the uh, – it's it's near British Columbia, uh, up against the yep. water there, uh, kind of on the southern tip of Alaska. So just uh, all those little storm systems just feed right into it. I can't – that just sounds – Crazy stuff. That's a lot of rain. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's change gears here. Time now for Cities of the Week. All right, Mark, go ahead and take it away. Okay, you guys ready for this one? Yep. Yes. Okay, I got this... my buzzer and my ding, ding, ding ready, too. So this is kind of a strange one because you guys are going to say, wait a minute, that's kind of cheating. But there's a reason this town has, has a big weather angle to it. Okay, it's a town in western Oregon. Uh, pretty small. Actually, right now it's extremely small. Uh, had 1,000 people at its peak in the coast range. And it had an elementary and high school. Neither of those are there anymore. Um, their claim to fame is the heavy rain in the coast range. 128 inches of rain per year fall in this place. Um, and and I think that was one of the wettest cities uh, in the United States at the time. Weather records are no longer taken there. Uh, there was no crime and there was no police department. Any ideas? Is it uh, timber? Nope. Okay. It no longer exists. Oh. The city no longer exists? Yes, but it, the name is well known. How does it qualify for this <laughs> for this uh, challenge? Am I cheating? Borderline, Mark. <laughs> is it on the is it on the western slopes of the coast range? Yeah. Well, actually it's not there anymore. I even looked, I couldn't find it on Google Maps. What? For... <laughs> is it? <laughs> Okay, let's talk about it. So it's Valsets. Have you ever heard of Valsets, Oregon? No. Yeah. How, how uh, do you spell that? V-A-L-S-E-T-Z. Because it's a portmanteau, you know, where you put two words together, a Valley and Siletz Railroad, whose terminus was at that location. Valsets Post Office, it was established in 1920. Uh, so it was a timber town. There are lots of these timber towns around the northwest. Uh, then it was sold in 1959, the sawmill and all the timber stands around it, to Boise Cascade Corporation. And then... After the depletion of the old growth timber in the area in the 1970s, the railroad was torn up. So you can see things are heading downhill. 1983, Boise Cascade announced that all operations are going to end the next year. At that time, there were still 300 people there. And in 1984, the town and most of its structures were removed, burned, and it became just part of a tree farm. The lake there was drained, and that is it. It no longer exists. But the They big drained thing the was, lake too? Yeah, because <laughs> that was like, like their little mill pond. Yeah. yeah, okay. They just erased the whole thing. It's devastating. So I went and looked last night. I'm like, well, can you still see some of it from the air? But, of course, you know, it's a pretty lush place. So all you can see is two, um, you know, must have been foundations, and that's it. Wow. I was hoping there might be like a ghost town or something like that there. But, no, just a couple foundations, that's it, huh? 
Yeah, so uh, it was interesting. Yeah, 128 inches of rain a year. It's at 1,200 feet, so they do average 21 inches of snow a year, you know, that wet coast range snow. Sure. So, okay. So are you saying from here on out this, these places need to exist? No, that was a, that's great. I lo- <laughs> We all learned something today. I'm sure our, our listeners also learned something today as well. well. We all that's learned, a good one. We all learned something, but I don't think we'll ever be able to guess a city that's non-existent. <laughs> well, s- small details. <laughs> Jeff, don't worry about it. Fine. (laughs) Good stuff, you guys. Well, hey, enjoy the week here. Uh, We got some hot weather ahead, so just just picture as an extension of summer, even though it's way, way above average here. And enjoy your Labor Day weekend as well. We're coming back at you with another podcast next week. Yep, we're doing these things weekly, and we'll continue here all the way through fall and winter. So, guys, have a great week, all right? See you later, guys. See you guys. Do you have a weather question? Call 503-548-6484 and leave a message. It could be featured on a future episode. If you haven't already, subscribe to the Fox 12 Weather Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Head to kptv.com for the latest forecast and weather information for your area. 